You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your life, your op, or just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. So today's podcast falls at the beginning of the month, so it's the beginning of November. Of course, not when we're recording this, but, you know, just pretend. Um, And so I get to do my top five. And so my top five for the month, uh, the first one is this new neck pillow that I've discovered now that I'm traveling a lot more. And it's called the Turtle Neck Pillow, T-R-T-L. And it's like a scarf, but it has like this plastic thing in it. So it holds your head up when you fall asleep on the airplane. And you don't wake up with that neck that you can't straighten back out again. So that's really cool. Uh, the next thing I'm super into is the platform Fiverr, which is like gig economy stuff. And I've had all this work done super cheap by M. Green uh, on Fiverr. And I'm really excited about that one. And then along with travel, I'm super psyched about the Delta Sky Lounge. I recently uh, got some status on Delta and really like hanging out at the Delta Sky Lounge. I feel pretty fancy. It's, it's pretty cool. And then I'm also into Enamelon Preventive Treatment Gel, uh, which is a great thing to give to my patients. And it really helps with sensitivity and dry mouth. It has stannous fluoride in it, no SLS, and it has ACP, which remineralizes teeth. It's really great for our patient. And the fifth thing I'm super into is a new book I'm reading called Super Bold by Fred Joyle. And guess what? Guess who our guest is today? It's Fred Joyle, author of Super Bold. He also has written The Remarkable Dent, or Becoming Remarkable and Everything is Marketing. He's the co-founder of 1-800-DENTIST. So Fred, thank you for coming on today to tell us all about your newest book. I'm excited to do it, Amanda, and always great to see you. So so, so I've, I've only started to dig into the beginning of the book. I haven't gotten the whole way through yet, but... I'm really excited about it. The one quote that has already struck me, and I already wrote it down, was it says, this book is about discovering who you might become if you only dared. What an awesome challenge. Yeah, that's that's the essence of the book. And that's, you know, it's become my passion is to help people be as bold as possible to achieve their dreams and and to not have any regrets at the end of their life and not hesitate when they want to step up. So- and it can be, you know, it can be a little scary. And so I love that you have written this book to really help people figure out, certainly within their careers and within just their life and with everyday experiences, how just pushing out a little bit more and maybe saying the things that you're afraid to say or do the things that you're afraid to do, um, how that can really change and affect your life. Yeah. And it's a systematic approach to building your confidence and boldness to whatever level you want it's the the fact is boldness can be learned and that's that was a revelation to me and that but over the years i developed a very specific way for people to do that because most of the time we grow up we see bold people and we go they were just born that way it's like no they just didn't become underconfident like we did uh and so this is something that i have figured out how to help people to learn and learn very quickly because I would say, I mean, I've known you for a few years now, and I would say Fred's really bold. And I would assume you've always been the way that you are. But according to your book, that's not always the case, is it? No, I grew up as a really shy person, a real introverted, shy, hesitant, missed 
tons of opportunities and situations where I could have had a great relationship or or a great job or or a great adventure just because I was hesitant, underconfident, didn't couldn't step up, and it it impaired me considerably. But I managed to overcome it. And the people who know me now go, oh, I, this like you say, oh, I I see you as completely bold, and you know, and I got there. So if I can get from where I was to where I am, you can too. Awesome. Well, let's dig into your top five then. So the top five reasons for the power of boldness in dentistry. How how can we, why should we be bold? How can we be bold? Uh, let's let's talk about something very specific. The, the number one way to grow a practice and the most cost-effective way is by word of mouth. What that requires is the boldness and confidence to ask people for referrals, to ask people to recommend your practice, to ask people to do a Facebook video for you or an online review for you. We, we All of these media that we want to get people to do stuff in re- requires asking them to do it. Most of the time, it's much more effective face-to-face than with a text or a, an email or something like that. Your chances of doing it, and a lot of times getting them to do it right then in the office, could you shoot a video for us? Would you take a picture of, we wanted, we're doing patient of the week. All of this stuff, both the dentist and the team members need the confidence to do that. And it's, and a lot of people, they just don't do it. That's not me. And it's like, it doesn't have to not be you. You can develop this. And it's because they're, they're shy, right? About certain things. People don't have to be shy everywhere. But and that's true of most people. They're confident in some areas and then they're not confident in areas where it counts. And that's part of the theme of the book is like you want to be bold when it counts, when it really matters, when you may only get one opportunity to do something. Uh, And with your patients, you want to be bold. You want to be bold in terms of asking them to help you tell the world how great you are. Absolutely. And, and particularly, I think, Fred, when you said like having them even do it right then and there, sometimes, you know, my patients need a little help. Like they're like, well, I don't really know how to do it. And so if you're bold enough to be like, well, I, I can totally help you with it. Let's go through it. I'll show you where to click. Yeah. Um, and then and then you get like those. I find we get the best uh, referrals from those. They're, they're really genuine and they're really because they've done them right away. Right. And, and also the word of mouth is where the greatest case acceptance is going to come from. Right. It, that they are already predisposed to like you, trust you, value your dentistry. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, what's number two? One of the things that it's important to learn, and it's a tremendous life skill, and it really applies to dentistry and everybody working in dentistry and, and beyond dentistry in life, is the ability to make that person you're with feel like they're the only person in the room. They're the you do only this, Fred. person that you're focusing on. You do so. this just naturally. I don't know. Every time I've ever talked to you, I always feel like you're just talking to me. <laughs> well, there's a I, I laid it out in the book as what I call the laser neck technique, which is a, an acronym. Um, and I'll break it down very simply because people will want to read the book and figure out how to apply it. But it's the L is look at the person. Look only at the person. Don't look over their shoulder. Don't, don't you know, this is what people do there. Please don't look at your phone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, uh, so that's the, that's step one. 
just look only at them. Then actively listen. Now, we've all, you, you know the difference between actively listening and listening, waiting for your chance to tell them what you need to know, and ideally, a chance to interrupt and tell them what you want to say, right? Active listening is a whole other thing. Uh, it's focusing completely on them. And then staying focused on them, not, not breaking away and, and not, not giving them that sense that your, your attention has wandered somehow. And then, oh, how you end the conversation, end it well. Don't let the conversation run out of gas or whatever, or that, that interaction go into stale air. You go, just say something while you're still locked in on them saying, well, it was really great to talk to you. And, and I'm, I'm going to, there's a couple of people I, I want to meet. I'm going to go talk to them, but uh, I look forward to seeing you again. And then the R is remember their name, remember them, remember a thing about them. If you lock in their name and something else, um, you know, that story you told me about skydiving the last time I saw you just stuck in my mind and I've been dying to try it ever since, Angie, you know, that's suddenly they think you have, you have made them the most important person. And that's, that's the, so incredibly powerful because we all want to feel important. Absolutely. So that, that technique to be able to do that, to make someone feel that way is incredibly powerful. That makes so much sense, especially when, you know, when, when we're with a patient and I know that sometimes we can get so distracted about, oh my gosh, I have to get all of these things done in 60 minutes. And, and so we've already moved on to, okay, how am I going to get in the perio charting? When is my assistant going to come in and help me? And how am I going to get this room turned over? But really to, to just focus in on that, on that patient and their needs for that moment. And then they'll really feel connected. And, and I think you'll end up getting, you know, have a better relationship and getting better treatment acceptance that way. Yeah. And then the third thing, third, third in the top five is, that relates to dentistry is being comfortable presenting what the patient needs. Now, this could be as the hygienist, this could be as the dentist, just saying, look, this, I, I know you're, you're trying to save money or whatever, or, or you're, you're not sure what's the best thing for you, but I have to tell you how important optimal care is, why this is so valuable for your overall health. And so it's not expensive when it's worth it. Nothing's expensive when it's worth the money. And so you have to, it takes boldness and confidence to, to tell something to somebody that they need $25,000 worth of dentistry, $40,000 worth of implants or something like that. You say, look, I've been seeing you for five years. All you do is complain about your dentures. Right. And, and meanwhile, you're losing bone and, and, and this is why the fit is changing. And you're still still spending two, three, four thousand dollars to replace these dentures. You need implants. I, you, I, I know this is an investment that's going to change your life. I see it happen over and over again to be comfortable saying that, because a lot of people, the idea of suggesting that somebody spend 20, 30, 40 thousand dollars or even five thousand dollars is overwhelming when you make $60,000 a year, $80,000 a year, or, you know, I, I know dentists who, you know, they're making $300,000 a year and they're afraid to bring up costs like that. 
But the dentist, and the hygienist, sometimes I'm afraid to bring up a fluoride treatment. That's only like $25. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so let's start there. Let's be confident enough to bring up these things that the patient will benefit from and not be hesitant to say that. And, And when you get good at it, it doesn't sound salesy. Right. It doesn't sound like you're hustling them because you're, it's always about their benefit. As long as that's the place you're coming from, that's the way they hear it. So I, I, that makes, you know, Fred, I really I really resonate with that. I remember as a baby hygienist, really just feeling like when a patient had gum disease or they had, you know, a cracked tooth. And I remember just getting so nervous to be the one to have to tell them about it. Like I was owning their condition as opposed to, you know, giving them the information and knowing that I was truly helping them. And so that's, you know, part of where that boldness I think comes in is knowing that, knowing your purpose, your why, why you're doing that. And number four would be asking for what you need in the practice to be able to be, to be confident enough, bold enough to speak to tell the, the doctor or the office manager what you need and, and even your team members what you need from them in the morning huddle or something like that or just, just something that would make the, the workflow better. But to just not go, oh, I don't want to bring it up even though I would, I would like to have these instruments that would make a huge difference or I, I would like to try ultrasonic or whatever uh, because I, I've used it in other places and it's great. Whatever it is, and, and you know better than me, but... A lot of times we don't want to bring it up and that's not helpful. It doesn't help the patient, doesn't help you. And actually it's not good for the practice. Right. And I think when you remember that, that it's not just about you and, and you being needy, it's about you, you know, bringing your best for your patients and you bringing your best to the practice and, and, and tapping into your boldness that way. It, it makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. Well, what's yeah. number five? Number five is maybe you're at a point in your life where you need to ask for a raise. Maybe you need to look for a job somewhere else. You need to be bold enough to say, I, I want to work in a different place. I want to work in a different culture. Uh, the energy of this place is okay, but it doesn't match my core values, my dreams, where I want to go. Maybe you need to be bold enough to expand your skills. And, and increase your, you know, your credentials to allow you to do more instead of going, oh, I, you know, that's really hard. I don't know if I can do it. This was, you know, becoming a hygienist was hard enough. And you got to be comfortable trying stuff, failing and stuff, because that's how we all get better at stuff. But most of the time you put yourself in a situation. I love the whole idea of committing to something and this sort of locks the door behind you and you go, Oh dang! I'm I I gotta make it work now. I'm I'm in the room, you know. I'm so that's and that's what you know. This whole the whole idea of, of becoming super bold is embracing your discomfort zone, knowing that's where all the rewards are in life. Well, I think I think the super secret that you know not everybody knows is that not everybody nobody knows exactly what they're doing all of the time. Most of us are just figuring it out as we go along. And that's, I think, part of that boldness is not waiting until, okay, I know everything. Now I can do it. It's more like step forward and and do it as, and you'll learn as you go. Yeah. And that's, there's a, I have a very systematic approach called the pride method that's in the book. And there is a whole bunch of exercises that, that move you up gradually to become bolder and bolder and bolder. And, and it's just like building a muscle. 
But really what it's doing from a scientific standpoint is it's building these neural pathways that it becomes your reflex to behave in a more confident way, to, to behave in a bold way because the rewards have come. You've done this thing. You've figured out what bold people know is 99% of the time, nothing bad happens unless you decide it's a bad thing, unless you label it as bad. You can think, oh, I'm going to fail or I'm going to be embarrassed or I'm going to be humiliated or whatever. I'm, I'm going to be anxious or nervous. That doesn't matter if you decide to not make that bad. I go into situations where I'm anxious all the time. I mean, you, I, I walk on a stage with 5,000 people. I'm backstage. I'm breathing, right? I'm filling myself with oxygen because I need to calm myself down so that I can give them everything I got and not, and not be nervous. I want to be creating on stage. And so I know that, that, that I have to do that. And so I'm not afraid of how anxious it's going to make me feel. I go like, yeah, this is going to be uncomfortable and yet really fun because it's going to be really satisfying to communicate with these people and deliver the message that I want to do. And that's what I want people to be able to do is say, okay, I'm not just trying to be comfortable all the time. I'm trying to be comfortable to strengthen myself. That's where I go to rest to, so I can charge into my discomfort zone again today. So that's, that's the thinking behind it. And that's, that's what's worked for me. And I've seen it work for lots and lots of people, very successful people. And really, very, very fulfilled people. That's the other thing is I, I want you to have a satisfying life. I want more bolder people having more satisfy, satisfying lives and making a difference in the world wherever they can. I, I can't wait to work through these exercises. These all sound great. I, I got to say the best things that I have done and accomplished in life, I have done completely scared. And they are the best. <laughs> like in the end, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm so happy that I did that. But that's, I think that's where the coolest stuff happens is in that sort of discomfort zone, like you said. I love it. Yeah. Well, let's that, review our top really five. It. So the top, the top five reasons for the power of boldness in dentistry is number one, marketing, asking for those referrals. Uh, number two is how to make people feel like they're the only person in the room. I love that laser technique. I'm going to use that. Number three, case presentation. Number four, speaking up for your needs. And number five, seeking that promotion or that better position or whatever you're looking for in life, but knowing enough to stand up for it. Well, Fred, thank you so much for coming on today. People want to reach out to you. I know everybody wants to buy the book now. So tell us how we do that. Okay, so the book is on Amazon. So you can either search my name, Fred Joyle, or search Super Bold. Some people go, you wrote a book about the Super Bowl? No, no. It's a D at the end, Super Bold. Um, and, or you can go to fredjoyle.com. There's a quick link there on, on that site. And there's, and there's more information there if you want it. And there's information on all my books and stuff there. And there's podcasts and stuff that are all there as well. Um, but so fredjoyle.com or Amazon. It, and it's on Kindle. However you want to digest it, it's on Kindle, it's, on, it's in hardcover in a printed book, and it's on Audible, and it's me reading the book. So, uh, And if you're doing one of the digital media, you can also go to my website and download a PDF of the exercises and also the journal format, because I, I want people to do a journal at the same time, because there's, there's stuff that I'm asking them to do along the way. And I want them to keep track of the exercises and what happened in them. So that's how you do it. I love it. So I could have Fred Joyle read me a bedtime story. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be your companion in the car when you're driving along. Whatever. I like it. I like it. Well, everyone, everyone, we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five, or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com. And we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your dental top five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda. 